Welcome to today's forum at Holy Communion Church. I'm Julie, one of the priests here, and I'm very excited that and grateful that we have our guest who's been working with me around the ministry of, in particular, of Grace Gatherings, but um, it's Terry Deloge from Synapsary. And our mission here at Holy Communion is looking at who's not here and wondering why, as we seek to truly become God's beloved community. And Terry's been a wonderful guide and friend and becoming a friend uh, on this journey for working with people on the spectrum of neuro neurodivergence, um, specific needs, diverse abilities. And Terry, you have this minister, this nonprofit called Synapsary. So I'm going to ask, begin by asking a, about you. Uh, tell us about yourself and what led you to creating Synapsary. Well, I have always had a heart for helping people, uh, but I am a mother of three. I have a son that is 21, a, a daughter who is 15, and a son who just turned 15. Um, and so what happened in my life is when we received the diagnosis, uh, of my daughter that she had cerebral palsy at eight months mm -hmm. old, um, I knew at the time that my faith would help me get through, but I had no idea the journey that was, uh, upon me. And so what I did is as I began to raise my uh, daughter, whose name is Faith, and she's actually 16. Uh, I think we all get our kids' ages mixed up. Uh, so she is 16. But when we found that out at uh, eight months, we started therapy. And so my life changed. Mm -hmm. uh, my life became all about her and meeting her needs. And the two siblings, you know, they did have to take a back seat to meeting her needs as well. And so as uh, we began to try to raise her, I noticed that I was exhausted and that everything in life became a little more difficult. And the everyday, just the everyday was a lot of energy, uh, mental energy, physical energy. And so I thought if this is happening to me, Mm -hmm. uh, what, what's happening with other parents, they probably feel the same way. And I've always been a strong woman of faith. And so I thought if I'm feeling defeated and over, you know, just overwhelmed and almost like a leper, what yeah. are other people feeling outside of faith? And so I decided to start the Synapsary and it is a nonprofit mm -hmm. and our focus is to provide rest for the family, rest, especially for the parents, mm -hmm. regulation for the child and renewal for the whole family. Mm -hmm. um, we focus on doing this mm -hmm. in the home. And uh, we do that in the home by providing uh, calming kits for the home. 
so that we can help the family, even if the mom has a few minutes more to prepare dinner and not be distracted by meeting the needs of the child. So, and we also uh, help families to uh, make calming corners. So anything to bring sensory regulation to the child, because if the child is regulated, then the whole family is regulated. And um, you know how they say, if mama's not happy, no one's happy. In our situation, if the child is not calm and regulated, then the family will not be. And um, in, the, in the church, for me, I started... Um, just not wanting to go to church anymore. It was just too much mm -hmm. to get her dressed, to get her there. And then for her to, you know, be looked at and, mm -hmm. you know, we were always looked at, stared at. She didn't fit in any of the classes because uh, developmentally she was behind, but her body, you know, she was in a, I'll never forget walking into a preschool uh, she was in the preschool room because that's where she was developmentally, but her body was the body of an eight-year-old. And at that point, I was like, I've got to do something about this. And so we started developing sensory and motor rooms that we put in churches. And so now families can go to church and they can know they can be fully engaged in the service, knowing that their child is being taken care of. And not just an ordinary setting, but in a setting that is specific to their child that will promote sensory regulation. You know, I always say, when you go to church, you should leave better than you came. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that our children, that a child with specific needs, they should get to experience that same thing. That when they go to church, they know that they're going to feel better once they leave than when they came. So uh, we... Can, can I ask you to give us a sense of what is sensory regulation and how the, um, how synapsory, what that means, uh, that, that term, and, and then go, go back to your stories about the calming kit. That'd be great. Uh, that's a great question. And, you know, most of everyone thinks they have five senses, but we actually have seven senses. And the other two is the vestibular system and the proprioceptive system. Mm -hmm. And these symptoms, these systems, these are sensory systems mm -hmm. that regulate our children. Well, children with specific needs, whether that's a diagnosis of autism, cerebral palsy, epilepsy, Down syndrome, and there's many more uh, diagnoses mm -hmm. generally these children do not receive the senses like we do. The senses are overstimulated, the senses are overstimulated or understimulated. And because of that, they will be overactive, underactive, trying to get that calm or that regulated place. Generally, we know how to regulate ourselves mm -hmm. and most children know how to regulate themselves. Mm -hmm. These children do not know how to regulate themselves because their senses are heightened or lowered. Okay. And so the purpose, of sensory, the purpose of sensory regulation is to bring about that calm. So many times the behaviors you see, there's mm -hmm. always a reason behind the behavior. You know, if you see a child, you know, being very distracted, a lot of times 
they're overstimulated and they just need that calm. And so the items that we have in the calming kit, the mm-hmm. items that we put in the sensory and motor room all promote sensory regulation that will bring that child into a sense of calm where they can be who God created them to be. A lot of times they don't present the way that uh, is easy for them to interact with others. But the reason they're not presenting that way is that they they are screaming out for regulation. And so that's been our purpose in Synapsory is, is making the church a place where, and I'll say it because I have experienced it, where parents of specific needs kids sometimes feel like lepers and we don't feel accepted and we feel stared at. And so when we go into church now, there's a place where the child can be themselves and the parent doesn't have to say, oh, don't flap your arms or don't they can be who God created them to be in this space. And in this space, they receive that regulation. And, you know, we've also experienced when you go to the community, uh, when my child has had to go to the emergency room or the doctor, or when I've gotten pulled over for a speeding ticket, uh, it's been very uh, stressful for the child. Mm -hmm. So what we are doing is we're, uh, We are equipping the police departments with these calming kits so that when they interact with the child, they can have calm. We are also providing in children's hospitals uh, weighted blankets that are tactile to help the child calm when they are in this stressful situation. So we're trying to help our families that have uh, children with, you can say, diverse abilities, specific needs, developmental delays. We're trying to help the parent have a rest, regulate the child, renewal for the family in the home, the church, and the community. Beautiful, beautiful. So as you've been doing this, um, there's what you learn for yourself as a parent, but what are you learning as you work with churches, as you work with families, with their um child or children with specific needs and diverse abilities um, and the, the calming effect, the, the regulation um, and doing this work with synapsory. What's, what have you discovered? What wisdom have you gained? What have you been affirmed about? Uh, yes. I, I feel like the first thing that I really learned is that I thought I felt isolated And I feel like many families feel isolated Mm -hmm. and drawing them out of that isolation into the love and community is, is something that it has to be done. It has to be drawn. It's so easy to stay in your isolation and not get out of the house when it's easy. But when you have, when you know that you can take your child and they're going to be loved and there's going to be something for them, you're more motivated then to, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get them dressed. And even though they might have a meltdown or two, I know they're going to get to a place where they're going to be unconditionally loved, where they're going to be regulated, where they're going to leave better than they came. So I think the, the thing that I've learned is that when churches open themselves up to loving, uh, you know, children that it's not, it's not always going to be a quick formula, Mm -hmm. but love isn't a formula. You, you love and you accept the family and the child 
And I think when I have seen churches do this in, in a proactive manner, mm-hmm. like taking that time to, and I've said this to you before, Julie, when so many people don't think about how it ministers to a family to get a meal. You know, our typical days are so stressful. And when someone is on my porch and, and just leaves a meal because they know my days aren't like everybody else's days, they're high stress. And when I don't have to think about dinner, that's a ministry. And then when you say, when you come to our church, we're going to have a calming kit for your child. We have a place for your child. Uh, we have a room for your child. Uh, we want to help your local school. We, you know, as you're, as you draw, you're drawing us out uh, one step at a time. Um, building trust is huge with families who have children with diverse abilities and specific needs, because most of our children, you know, that they're nonverbal, mm-hmm. or if they are ver- verbal, like my daughter, they can't always tell me what happened. So we have to know that the people that we're going to entrust them with or people that are even going to be encountering with us are trustworthy people. So um, I have seen that as churches have opened their doors and they have advertised that we have a place for your child. We welcome. We're not going to come get you. We've had so many stories of parents who have been pulled from the service because their child, um, you know,'s behavior uh, isn't like other typical behavior, and then that just makes, you know, um, we love to say, you know, when you, when you experience synapsory, whether it's through a calming kit or sensory motor room, there is no sorry. You don't have to apologize for your child's behavior because we love that child and their behavior. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I'd say this is one thing I've experienced. We don't have a lot of behaviors because we have in place swings and slides and items that promote sensory regulation. So we get to see that child's best version of themselves. So it sounds like through the tools and training and not an education that you offer through Synapsory to churches is that we can become a place where every person, even people with diverse abilities and specific needs feel welcome. People who aren't uh, verbal feel welcome. They, they literally feel that they belong because they're having uh, the experience of the room or, and they're experiencing love through uh, what's happening for them having, being equipped to have this, um, I don't know, calm energy. Um, I call it, I, I've shared this with you, like, well, perhaps that's a way to get at centering prayer is through what the, is through that self-regulation that can happen through being in the room or being accepted or just feeling free. Uh, maybe even mom and dad feeling calmer <laughs> by being in a place can help too. Could you, I just know people are probably curious, like given, pull out something from the calming kit, if that's possible, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here Uh, and just like give an example of, of one of your tools in that kit. Yes, I would love to. Thank you. I know this was spontaneous. I would like to say just having these items in your church, they send a message to the parent that this church cares this church has done a little homework Mm -hmm. this church is cares about our community 
and not just to, you know, have a special room with nothing in it, but they've done a little research and, you know, that says care, you mm-hmm. know, when you've spent time to research. So this is a lighted animal. Okay. And one of the systems that is lacking is the proprioceptive system, which is, it's located in your joints. Mm-hmm. And so, you know how much you enjoy getting a massage. Well, they need that deep pressure in their joints. So when you hit this dinosaur and they come in different uh, animals, yeah. when you hit this, it changes color. Yeah. So the changing of the color is calming. Rapid firing lights are not calming. Uh, but slow changing color is calming. And sometimes if you'll know that just hitting something for typically developing children makes you feel a little better. So when they're hitting this, they not only get that pressure that they need, but they see the changing of the colors. So that promotes calming. Another item is it's a fan and you have to push it with your hand. So again, you're getting some pressure, the child's getting pressure, but they're also getting a a feeling of wind. And that is a tactile feeling that most of these children love to feel wind in their face. It's calming. I wanted to say, you know, we take for granted a deep breath. A lot of times when you need to calm, you'll just say, take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these children don't know how. My daughter I've had to teach her. She's 16 now. And we still have to kind of work on what a deep breath is because Mm -hmm. she just will go. And so to slow things down. So this gives them the wind and gives them a calming feeling uh, if they can't have a deep breath. And then we have um, a lot of adults love this. It's just a hot cold pack, but the little beads Mm -hmm. help them. Again, you're getting that deep pressure. Mm -hmm. And as they, it's, you know, a typical fidget, it helps them receive that feedback of the pressure that they need in their joints. And we also have, um, you'll see typical children playing with this. It's a poppet and it's much like, you know, bubble. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, Mm -hmm. it's that using the hands to get that feedback of pressure. Um, and we also have uh, all children, uh, whether they're um, typical, uh, neurotypical, or uh, you know, diverse abilities, their specific needs children, they love animals. And so we have a book with pictures of animals, but then we have jokes because laughter is good medicine. And uh, where do sheep go on vacation? Bahamas. So we have all levels cognitively here. Oh, I see the pigs. Are the pigs green? No, the pigs aren't green. And a lot of times they'll say, no, they're pink. And then, you know, the joke, what do you call a pig that does karate? Pork chop. And so a lot of times what you're looking for, Julie, is you're looking at each child is unique. And so we have different items to see which one that really ministers to that particular child. And then you repeat it because repetition brings stability. Repetition brings calm. And so the thing with these children is you have to keep experimenting and not be afraid to be wrong. Oh, this one doesn't work. They don't like it, but let's try something new. You know, Terry, that's beautiful. Thank you for going through all that. It's so helpful. 
Because as you were demonstrating those, and I've seen uh, you and I have been in conversation, I'm gratified to say for a few sessions now. And as you're putting out the kit, I'm realizing that as a, just as a volunteer at a church who just cares, like the people here at Holy Communion who want to, we, we want to have the people who are feeling isolated, feel welcomed here um, and to be in relationship with them who have to stay home because we still have this pandemic stuff. We have to be so careful about, um, no, I shouldn't say pandemic stuff, but you know, we're still grappling with how to gather in a safe way and with immune compromised people, especially. Um, and so that with that kit that empowers me as maybe someone who's not an expert about specific needs, or I don't have a personal experience, but I have this love of Christ I want to share. And through interacting, it's another way perhaps for me to get to know this individual person by finding out what makes them laugh or what will calm, what appeals to them. And so it's a, that third thing that brings us together, uh, and takes the awkwardness out of, well, how do I interact with this person? Well, here's a kit and we can go through this kit together and they can, I'll learn about them through working with the kit with them. So it's, it is, it works on so many levels is is what I'm saying. Yes. The tools help. It's a connecting point. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. So in looking what speaking of people at churches, um, what do you think in all this work and being a parent uh, yourself um, is spiritual food for individuals with specific needs and diverse abilities? What is spiritual food for them in your experience? I have found that when um, our children, especially, uh, feel that love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first thing, but the parent, uh, when you say something about, but they, we always hear, our, you know, typically a lot of the parents, we always hear about what our child is not doing, you mm-hmm. know? And so for you to look at me and say, um, I'm saying, I'm kind of going for my spiritual food first, but for you to just look at me and say, oh, your daughter is so pretty or your daughter has beautiful eyes. You know, so many times I hear in the IEP meetings at school and I hear how she doesn't ever measure up to other kids. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, first giving the spiritual food to the parent, just like you put on your emergency mask first and just affirming the parent and that, you know, even when you first see a a parent and I'll say this, when you see uh, parents out in public, I always just make Uh, a moment to say, good job, mom. You know, if they're taking care of a child with specific needs, they're doing a good job. And so we try to give that affirmation to them. And I found with our students and uh, with the kids that come to our church, they have such unconditional love. And a lot of times they love simple, repetitive uh, phrases. So just things like, Jesus loves me. And my daughter loves to say, Jesus is in me, with me, and for me. But it's a chant. So Mm -hmm. I think anything that is rhythmic, uh, you know, if you have anything in your particular denomination that you say, Mm -hmm. um, 
and you put it in some type of rhythmic musical way, mm -hmm. I think we really reach these children through music and repetition. And, mm -hmm. and also, again, just unconditional love and acceptance. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. What can people in churches do? Do you have advice or practices for our ministries? And what would you advise for what we're trying to do here with Grace Gatherings? Well, the, the first thing I would uh, advise is just to love your community and love that specific needs community while they're still in their homes. Because many times you feel like, oh, when I come to the church, they do all these kind things for me because they just want me to keep coming back. But what a statement of love if I'm not a member of your church, I don't go to your church, but yet you put a meal on my porch and you put a note from Grace Gatherings uh, from your particular church and you say, we're just thinking about you and would like to tell you to keep on keeping on. Or uh, another thing that I think really speaks love to the community is when you do things a lot of times you can do things through the school and let's say you provide a calming kit for the kids in the school but it's from holy communion mm -hmm. uh you know it's not from the school system a lot of times school systems don't have that extra money in their budget mm -hmm. so uh anytime that you are trying to minister to them in the home before they come to the church. Even if you put a calming during the pandemic, we delivered over 170 calming kits in the home. And we were so surprised at the parents just being remembered. Like somebody knows I'm here. Mm -hmm. Like being acknowledged. Everybody just wants to be seen and just heard and think, oh, they see me, they hear me. Um, and then once they walk into your congregation, I always say, you know, sometimes it's forever to get from the car to that front door of the church yeah. and having people that are, you know, outside that can help escort them into the church, make things a little easier, maybe grab the bag from mom. It's, it's a lot like, you know, when a child, uh, when a young mom is carrying an infant seat and a diaper bag and you take one of those off her hands, uh, same here, you greet somebody that you, you know, has a developmental disability, they're still on the outside of the church. You see the mom trying to get them to come in and you intercept and take that off the mom. Oh, look, look, would you like to pat the dinosaur? Yeah. Come on in. Yeah. And then once you get into the church again, uh, saying things like, how can I help? Like when you see, uh, I've been stared at so much and uh, that's really made me want to stop going to church because it took me so much energy to get my child from the parking lot and people would just keep passing me and wouldn't say anything to me. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't even say good job, mom. Uh, but many times if you just say, how can I help? Mm -hmm. She might say, oh, I've got it. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that you said, how can I help? Yeah. I mean, the parents know the child's being loud. They're yeah. embarrassed when they're screaming. Yeah. Uh, everybody's looking, you know, so a lot of times just being affirmed that, hey, mom, it's okay. You, 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 we welcome your child. We welcome the screaming. It's okay. You're yeah. doing a good job. Thank you. Oh, great stuff. And 
what in all your all the families you've encountered, all the ways the police department, in terms of working with um, parents with uh, specific needs, diverse abilities, young people, and um, in the young people themselves, what and I'm leaving this broad, but what are the biggest helps and what are the biggest hurts? Or maybe we'll leave on a positive of what are the biggest hurts and then what were the biggest helps? Maybe you've said some of that, but if you want to underline anything, that'd be great. I think uh, some of the biggest hurts have been just feeling forgotten. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, I think we have experienced that in that when we walk into a church, uh, everybody has a place. Mm -hmm. But if you have a child that has behaviors, no, they don't have a place and we're going to have to ask you to leave or we're going to have to ask you to come and get your child because they're disturbing the class. Mm -hmm. Those are huge hurts. You're going to a church for love and community and you're getting told you don't fit in. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's been, that has been a huge hurt. And even when churches have tried to do their best and they try to take your child and put them in a situation, again, training your church body to just, uh, you know, the staring, it, it, it's, it hurts, you know, cause you, you feel like you're doing the best you can and you get these stares and, you know, a picture can paint a thousand words and some face sometimes can yeah. really make you feel bad. But yeah. um, like I said, just, you know, educating your congregation and just saying simple things like good job. You've got this mom. Mm -hmm. How can I help? Simple mm -hmm. phrases mean a lot. And I think the biggest helps that, that I have heard um, mm -hmm. the one mom that brought her child to church. And after he had experienced the slide, which brings deep pressure, it's a roller slide that we put in churches. Mm -hmm. um, he was violent before he used to try to hit his buddy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so his parents are sitting in service, always wondering, oh, I wonder if he hit today. I wonder if he didn't and not really being able to experience the service. Mm -hmm. After they started bringing in some uh, sensory regulating items that a buddy could experience with the child, they took their child home and said that not only was he good for the buddy, he didn't hit, no violent behavior, he was good for them the rest of the day. So what a gift you can give families in your church when you, when you do go the extra mile and you provide that sensory regulation and your child does leave better than they came. And so what a gift. That's been a huge help. And another big um, help is when you can go to the next step of providing free respites in your church, maybe on a, you know, parents night out on a Friday night or a Saturday lunch where you allow the parents to drop off the child and they get a free respite. We had a couple that told us they had not been to dinner and not been out to dinner in two years. But when we opened up, our, our church and said, you can come. We've had volunteers and we had, we used to do Friday nights out. And then uh, we had a lot of, and again, you just, you have to play with it. Then we found out that they preferred Saturday so they could be with their siblings and mm -hmm. take their siblings to a soccer game and give them full attention instead of always having to take care of the child. So whether you do a respite on a 
Friday night, a Saturday, a Sunday afternoon, even a lot of these parents can't go to, you know, lunch after church, you know, providing that uh, a respite. It's such a community service outreach for your church to be a place where parents like me can get a free respite because we mm -hmm. often have to pay a lot of money to get anybody to watch our kids. Mm -hmm. And even if it's just one to two hours, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're, you're ministering to that family, the marriage and the other children as well. Thank you. Thank you. This is gold. And I'm so appreciative of you and the work that you've done and are doing and how you're helping us um, widen our eyes and spirits to truly love as Christ called us to love. I'm hearing how we can uh, be aware of people in isolation and really not stare at people, but to really see them for the child of God that they are and all the ways they can, um, that they bring God's gifts for who they are and, and all that they are. So is there anything else we shouldn't, Terry, this has been fantastic. There's just so much. And I know that Grace Gatherings will continue. We're going to benefit more from your training and your work that you've developed and your tools. So um, this has been a wonderful forum and I really appreciate it. But anything else you would like to say or leave us with? I, I just wanted to uh, thank you. I wanted to thank you, Julie, for being the love of Christ to our families. Um, you know, statistically, there are not a lot of churches that are engaging actively and drawing us out of the shadows. And so I appreciate you making a way for community for us. And so I just want to say thank you to you, uh, Julie. Thank you to all the volunteers of Grace Gatherings. Uh, thank you for every church member that is willing to educate themselves to, to love uh, another part of God's body. We're all members of the body of Christ. And I'm just so grateful that your church is engaging in loving our community. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Blessings. And thanks to everyone who's tuned in and let's spread the